Hello everyone and welcome back to Into the Fray and that's a wrap. March Madness is over. First time in two years. Great weekend. Great basketball. Love to see it. I'm Daniel Marable. Back here Hi, again Eli. with Eli. Welcome everyone and I mean we're gonna today we're gonna take a look at March Madness giving our final thoughts looking forward to the NBA draft as well. Then we will finish our rankings with centers for conferences by position. And lastly, we will look at Iowa State and their program, which surprisingly, as of late, has been more successful in translating the NBA than many may think. But let's start with March Madness. Baylor hoists the title, beats the Number one seeded Gonzaga Bulldogs. And when I say number one seed, I mean in the whole tournament. Gonzaga had been the number one ranked team all season long until Baylor dethroned them. Those two teams were actually going to play back in December, but the game never happened. It did on Monday night, and wow, what a performance by Baylor. So what are your final thoughts from this March Madness? Yeah, looking at the championship game, like this was it, right? This was it. This is what we all had hoped for from the start of the season. They were the, the favorites coming in, and that's how it ended. Uh, two best teams in college basketball squaring off in the championship game. I, I think that's what we would all hope for every year. Uh, and, and it happened. It doesn't usually happen, but it, it happened this year. Every The cards played out uh, the way we would expect. Uh, and, and I don't think we expected a blowout, but but that's what we got. I, there, The game was, it was over within the first five six seven minutes it was over after those uh, they got a plethora of offensive rebounds and they just really took Gonzaga out of the game they Gonzaga didn't look like themselves Baylor was just connecting on all cylinders everything was going right they were shooting lights out they were really aggressive it just it looked like and I, I know the excuses that they're like people are going to say oh Gonzaga played that tough overtime game against UCLA uh, a few nights before but I mean, they just, they did look slower. Uh, Baylor was just, they came to play, and it it didn't look like Gonzaga did. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you called it a blow, and that, that's fair. I'm not going to disagree with that. I mean, I did feel like for the whole game until about three minutes left that Gonzaga had a chance to just, you know, get it started and just take over and potentially come back. I mean, that's how good they are. I mean, that that is the potential that team has. Like, I get it. Baylor had a great game and I think Baylor is a better team I mean that's what we learned but don't think if these teams played a seven game series that Baylor would sweep them four games in a row because they would get a win or two because that's they're, they're that talented of a team they they were outplayed completely on Monday and I don't think they expected that what I will say is I think there's a lot of top prospects coming out of this game just Jalen Suggs is a star I mean I I you know, people keep talking about his ceiling, how he has a low ceiling. I don't see that. I see a high ceiling. I really do. Like, what he has the potential to do is as good as is as good of a player as anyone can ask for. He could easily turn into a perennial all-star uh, at the point guard position. If he can hit three pointers, I mean, it is going to be very difficult to stop him because he's one of the quickest players off the dribble. So I'm looking forward to seeing his potential. I think he should be a top two pick. I understand. I, I'm serious. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think 
Evan Mobley is a better pick than Jalen Suggs. I don't think Evan Mobley has all that more potential than Jalen Suggs. I, I, because I, I, Evan Mobley is never going to put up more close to 20 points a game. He's just not. That's not the player he is. So, no, he's just, I mean, he is not, he, that, he didn't put up 20 points in high school. If he didn't do that in high school, he's not doing that in the NBA. There's no chance. And Jalen Suggs could easily become a 20-plus point per game score with over five rebounds and over five assists. I mean, that 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 is who he can become. And, you know, you may disagree with it, but when you look at his college stats on a team that had as much as they had, he put up 14 and a half points a game with five rebounds and five assists in a 40-minute game when he was not the primary scorer. I mean, he just wasn't. He wasn't the primary scorer. You know, he he, he has similarities, and you're going to hate this, but I actually see this. Jalen Suggs is a freak athlete. Can we agree on that? Yeah. And he is much shorter and not as big as this player I'm going to compare him to. But Jalen Brown was a freak athlete. Jalen Brown was a freak athlete in very similar ways of Jalen Suggs. If Jalen Suggs can develop a three-point shot, He's going to be one of the hardest players to stop offensively in that the NBA because he will just because the truth is is what he can do off the dribble. His finishing ability is already so good for a college player, and he's shown flashes of three point shooting that would be drastically better than his thirty three percent. I mean, his three point shooting also did increase as the season went along, but. If he could get that up close to 40%, he is going to be a problem to stop. Hey, look, he, I agree with you. I, I think he's a great player. I think he's he was in that range, that threshold of like four to five. I, I think he I think he could be a, a top three pick. I wouldn't put him to. I think we have to be careful. I think we're we're so caught up in that buzzer beater. And the uh, Gonzaga. The buzzer beater. I'm not. I'm not saying it's you, but I think a lot of people are caught up in that buzzer beater, the tournament run on a great team, and, and we have to separate the player that he is from all of that that fluff that really doesn't matter. When you're looking at the player, he's a good player, and he he is ten times better than Jalen Brown coming out of college. He, he is. Uh, I don't like that comparison. I I see it, but I don't think it's it's a a great comparison because Jalen Brown's significantly larger. Uh, he's... Yeah, no, I get that, but J- like Jalen Suggs has the athletic potential to be just as as athletic as about any point guard in the NBA, maybe besides the prime Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, like, yeah. But, but like besides that, he has potential to be more athletic than any player. And here's an example: Jalen Suggs went up and blocked a dunk, got the rebound, and threw a three quarter length pass pass for an easy dunk. On the other end, I mean, like, I'm not saying he's going to do that every game. He's not. But that's the potential. Yeah. That's the flash you saw. And I don't think I saw another point guard, maybe besides Cade Cunningham, but I don't even think Cade Cunningham did anything close to that. I don't – and forget, there's no no fluff around that. You know, it doesn't matter what team you're on. If you go up, you block the ball, you grab the rebound, and you throw a pass – like he did, anyone catching that ball is going to get a dunk. That's how great of a pass it was. 
That's how great of a player he he certainly has the passion, uh, and you can't teach that, and, and you don't see that often in in college basketball or in the NBA, and that's that's a valuable trait to have. I mean, he 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 loves basketball. You can tell. Well, and he, here's another aspect to it: is Jalen Suggs. Uh, I mean, first of all, let's start with dual like multi-sport athletes tend to have the best success in sports. That's just like, there have been studies that prove if you play multiple sports, you are going to be better overall athletically at sports. That's just, it's going to keep you healthier. You're going to have, you're going to be better because you're just going to have different muscles that are more worked and more ready that are just going to be helpful to use. I mean, it's just that that's what studies have shown. And Jalen Suggs could have gone and played football at Ohio state. He had a scholarship to Ohio state university for football. And he passed it up. He went and played basketball. Had an incredible freshman season. I, I don't like people saying the ceiling is not that high for him. I don't like people saying that his ceiling is one of the lowest for the top picks in the draft. It's just not. It's, it, his ceiling isn't lower. His floor is just higher than everyone else. Right. I, I don't disagree with you, but but I do see where people are coming from. I don't see. I know you talked about the offense. I don't ever see much more than a 22-point-per-game score. I, I think he could, but, I mean, he was in, like, one of the historically great offensive offenses in college basketball, and, yeah, he, he maybe he wasn't the, the primary offensive option, but he was the ball handler, so he had opportunities, and he averaged... He, 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 he was maybe the third or fourth option scoring. I mean, that's the truth. I mean... You know, everyone on Gonzaga's roster put up points this season. I mean, you know, let's not let's not act like, you know, he was the primary scorer. He was he wasn't even their secondary scorer. The top two scorers were Corey Kispert and Drew Timmy. Those were the top two guys. Yeah, I I mean, who knows? I, who knows what's going inside uh, going on inside the, the the minds of GMs right now? I think. I don't, I really don't know. Like, part of me is saying, you know, maybe they're really looking at this tournament and saying we could see a, a franchise point guard. But then you also have to, you, you have to take a long look at Evan Mobley. I I mean, th- that's that's the kind of, of... What is, what is Evan, like, what do you see Evan Mobley turning into? Evan Mobley, Evan Mobley has the poise and, and intangibles of a big, like, Al Horford that you just can't teach. Like, that... That um, I don't, just the way he sees the floor, he he's intelligent. You can see that he 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 plays the game at his own pace, which is very you you seldom see that, especially for a center that young. So he's got the talent, he's got the intangibles, he's got the body. Maybe he's not you know buff enough right now, but I mean you can't teach seven feet with that wingspan. I understand, but centers. Are a position in the NBA that are just—it's just less important. A traditional, I would say traditional. A traditional big is less important, but Evan isn't a traditional big. Well, I say any big because I—I I want a guy who has the ball in his hands. Evan what can do, do I that. Want to lead my team, but no, Evan Mobley is not going to dribble the ball up on every possession. No, but he can't. But he's not going to. We have to stop acting like he's going to be Kevin Durant. He is not. Kevin Durant is the wrong comparison for him. Evan Mobley will never be a guy who dribbles the ball up for even the majority of the game. That's not who he is. No. That's not the player he is. He's not Kevin Durant. He's, he's, Kevin Durant is one of the worst comparisons because Durant is 
faster and as athletic as Evan Mobley is, Kevin Durant is more athletic mm-hmm. than Evan Mobley. But Evan Mobley will be a, a great defender down low. But Mobley, I, Mobley's ceiling is high, but he is also so raw right now. I mean, like, I don't think, I think people will be surprised by this, but Evan Mobley has a lot of flaws. And we talked about it last time. I'm not going to bring it up again. It's not worth bringing up. I, I've, I've said my piece on it, but I also, I don't know where Evan Mobley fits in the game of basketball right now because he, he needs to develop a shot. And I have no doubt he will, but I don't see him as the player who's just going to be shooting over other people. That doesn't really seem like his game. And inside, I mean, I guess he can dominate down low, but he's not going to be a scorer. It's just not who he is. It's, he's, it's, what he's going to be, he, he's going to be a matchup nightmare. He is. He's potentially. Gonna be, but he's going to be faster, more agile than just about any other opposing center. That's what he's going to be. And, and that's going to intrigue some teams, and it's going to, you know... Sure, but I'm saying that I, I'm not saying that he Evan Mobley won't go too. I think he probably will, but I think that's the wrong pick. Hey, you know, only time will tell. No one thought Jalen Brown, though, coming out of college, was going to be an elite scorer. I mean, let's go like going. He back wasn't to, for a long time until his third no, I, season. Yeah, but that's my point. I think Jalen Suggs can put up 25 points per game. I really do. That's how good he is because if he can shoot the three as a guard. With his finishing ability, I mean, it really is something to be desired. But even if he scores 22 points per game, and he has the capability of grabbing over six or seven rebounds a game or a little bit around that mark, maybe even a little higher, maybe potentially eight, he has the athletic ability to do such that. And his passing and his IQ puts him in the potential to average around seven or eight assists a game. If you're telling me your starting point guard can put up 22, 8, and 7, you're going to take that. That's what Jalen Suggs can do. Okay, so you're pretty high on Jalen Suggs, right? I think that's what I what I got from that. So, so my question actually to you is, like, whose stock do you think benefited from the tournament the most? Is it Suggs? I mean, I think... I, I think no, because I think he was already a top five pick. There's a couple names. I think Johnny Juzang is an obvious one. He is potentially a first round pick, but he might go back to college. I know you you don't think so, but there's potential there. The other name is for me, it's Jared Butler. I mean, he showed he can lead his team to a championship. I mean, I think you know, you know, he's a star. He. Had someone, I would say, it's someone in a combination of a Kemba Walker performance in the tournament and a Dante DiVincenzo performance, like somewhere in between there, because Dante DiVincenzo was unheard of. Kemba Walker was more on a name brand program, but something he had one of those types of tournaments. And I mean, I think every team should want him if they're in the ten to twenty range. I mean, that that's how good he is because he's an amazing three point shooter. And he's just, he has the ability to be a leader. I mean, we saw that this season. He is a great leader. He can be a good defender. He's a good passer. I mean, uh, there's not much more you can ask for out of your point guard. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I w- my name would be Johnny Juzang. I mean, he averaged 23 points per game in the tournament. I, I really do think he's a lock for the first round. And I-, I just can't see a world in which he doesn't go declare 
uh, for the draft because he, he's that good. He was that good in the tournament. Without him, there's no way UCLA would have made it out of the first four. And, no, and he not. led the and you know, it was a good team. It was a good team. I'm not saying it was just him, but but he did. He led that team to the final four, one of the historic final four runs. And if that's not good enough to be a first round pick, I don't know what is. Well, that's fair. So I, he definitely raised his stock. We'll see. He might come back to college. He might not. I know UCLA fans want him to come back. Obviously, that won't affect his decision, but we will see. Let's move on. As great as March Madness was to ranking the conferences by the centers they have in the NBA right now. We actually happen to be unanimous. I think this one's pretty easy. So, Daniel, I'll let you run through the list. I'll add my my piece uh, when I feel you've missed what I want to say. And let's get started. So who do you have at number one? All right, number one, no contest. Got to be the SEC. You've got Cat, Adebayo out of Kentucky, Horford out of Florida, Robert Williams, who's sneaking onto the scene. He's having a great season for the Celtics out of Texas A&M, Ennis Cantor out of Kentucky, Nicholas Claxton out of Georgia, DeAndre Jordan also out of Texas A&M, you got Nas Reed, who's having another good season out of LSU, and then Daniel Gafford, who's also been having a pretty good season. He was recently traded to the Wizards out of Arkansas. And, I mean, just looking at this list, this is by far the deepest conference when it comes to center. I also like how there's a wide variety of schools represented. I Later on, my our second ranked conference we'll shortly see is dominated by one college so you like to see a variety um you also like to see a mix of, of veterans which the sec has and young and up-and-coming stars or maybe not stars but certainly good up-and-coming players and that's exactly what the sec has yeah no i think you know they have a top five center and cat um carl anthony towns maybe a top three but i think Definitely a top five. You know, you have another good center not being out of bio. Horford is old or, you know, past his prime, and so is DeAndre Jordan, but they've been solid players. And you have some younger players coming up, including Bam out of bio. But I think certainly the SEC stands above, and they're one of the best basketball conferences in terms of players in the NBA that has not really developed into great NBA talent. Yeah, okay, so moving on to our second, because we share the same list. It's the Big 12, and you've got you've got Embiid out of Kansas and then a whole lot of Texas players. You've got Miles Turner, Jarrett Allen, Tristan Thompson, Jackson Hayes, and Mo Bamba. And this is, if you couldn't tell, this is basically just Texas's conference. Uh, but, you, but you can't deny the talent. The talent's there. They've produced... At center uh, position, you know, they've put a ton of a ton of players out of the Big 12. Um, it feels like every other year th- there's a, a talented big coming out of Texas. So I would keep an eye on Kai Jones this year in this year's draft. That that could be another big. He's kind of a, a hybrid power forward center, but same idea. This is another big out of Texas. And judging from this long list of Texas centers, you know, the trend is in his favor. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Greg Brown's another name to mention that may come out. Probably will be a first-round pick, even though his season was not all that great. A five-star product coming into Texas. I mean, I think this conference is the Texas conference, but let's not forget, I th- I mean, I'll, I'll argue 
Joel Embiid is a top two center, if not the best center. I I put him top of my list in terms of centers. You know, obviously not everyone feels the same, but you know, Joel Embiid is certainly one of the two best centers with Nikola Jokic being the other in the NBA. And he's not always healthy, but when he's on the floor, there is no one who can stop him. That that is for certain. So, you know, it is the Texas conference, but it also has one of the best centers in the NBA on it as well. Yeah, I mean, let's not forget, Embiid was the front runner for MVP before the injury. I mean, he, he certainly headlines this conference. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, but let's move on to the Pac-12, the Conference of Champions. The Conference Another of Champions. Another strong showing yeah. for the Pac-12. Yeah, you've got Vucevic out of USC, DeAndre Ayton out of Arizona, the Lopez twins, Brooke and Robin out of Stanford, Jakob Pertle out of Utah, and then... Another young player has been playing really well. He recently put up like 20 and was it 20 and 20 or 20 and like 10, 15? Uh, Moses Brown out of UCLA. And this is, I mean, looking up and down this, this is a really solid group of players. And I'm actually pretty surprised. Oh, Chris Boucher as well. Yeah. Uh, he had like a 38 uh, point night tonight. Uh, just, he's definitely um, an up and coming. And he's, you know, he's not a super young player, but. You know, he's, he's breaking out this season. And, and I'm surprised this conference ranks so low. But I think that just goes to show how dominant the SEC and Big 12 are when it comes to the center position. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned all those names. Chris Boucher is the one that stands out to me. I know this is just his first season. I thought, I thought he had all the potential in the world at Oregon. I mean, he was could step out and hit the three, could score down low, was part of that Oregon team that ended up going to the Final Four, but he did get hurt before that team made it there. So he was not participating when they finally did make it to the final four, but he was a special player on a very good team. I really liked him. I thought he had a lot of potential. Jacob Hurdle was another name that I remember before he hit the NBA dominant big man at Utah, really unstoppable inside um, in the Pac-12 conference. DeAndre Ayton was a very good player. I had, I don't want to say I had doubts about DeAndre Ayton. It just, his game does not really translate all that well to the NBA. Uh, just, you know, so I think, you know, he was the number one overall pick, though, and he's having a nice season. But uh, the Pac-12 is certainly third on this list, and the drop-off from here is just massive after this one. But, you know, the Pac-12 has been, I believe, a top three conference in every rankings, which shows you how much talent they produce. Mm-hmm. I think we all expected a kind of a breakout season for Aiton this year. He's had some good seasons, but but I think with Chris Paul coming in, we thought he'd kind of be able to unlock that that extra, you know, that extra, I don't know, potential in him. And his numbers have gone down this season. Uh, so I, if the Suns, I'd if I were the Suns, I'd be a little concerned. He's still a very solid. He's a traditional big. He's exactly what you'd expect, you know, coming out of you know like a junior coming out of college in the in the nineties. He's kind of very reminiscent of like a guy like David Robinson, obviously not on his par, but, but he, he's got the similar play style. Uh, and you know, it, it just, it doesn't look good when you're in a draft and you're picked above Trey Young and Luka Doncic. So I feel like he's kind of, he has to live with that. Uh, but he's by no means a bad player, but yeah, no, moving on, I agree. moving on to our fourth, you're like you said, this is a huge drop off in talent. We've got the ACC. Montrez Harrell out of Louisville, Stephen Adams out of Pitt, Wendell Carter Jr. out of Duke, and also Mason Plumley out of Duke. And 
Honestly, I expected more out of the ACC. I, I really did. Uh, I, I even had to add Plumlee uh, to, make, to make the conference not look as bad at center as it really is. And, and yeah, Mason Plumlee's been having a pretty good, pretty good year with the Pistons. He's had a few triple-doubles. But, okay, let's come back to Earth. Do you really want him being the fourth-best center out of your conference? I don't think so. No, not at all. I mean, Montrose Harrell, and Montrose Harrell is an undersized center. I mean, mm -hmm. so is Wendell Carter Jr., for that matter. So really not producing big men. And it's not that they don't receive – they don't get big men. The ACC has plenty, but – that has just been a position they have very much struggled to produce. And, you know, I'll say this. When you have a conference with teams like Duke, North Carolina, and, well, they haven't been as good for as long, schools like Florida State, you know, other you have Miami. It is shocking that Pitt somehow finds has a player that is arguably the best center on this list. Yeah, it's it's definitely a disappointment for the ACC, and uh, hey, we could throw Jaleel Okafor on this list if we really wanted to. Yeah, but I mean, he would qualify as a near bust, if not a bust. So. Yeah, unfortunately. All right, but moving on to our fifth conference, and you know, there's another, maybe even bigger drop off in talent from the first one. Um, we've got the Big Ten. Thomas Bryant out of Indiana. Also, Cody Zeller out of Indiana, and then Alex Len out of Maryland, and that's it. And, you know, the Big Ten continues to disappoint. Uh, I, it's missed the cut, I, I can't remember how many times, but it's missed the cut of making my top five quite a few times. And when they do make my list, they're usually at the bottom of the pack. Um, the conference also decided not to show up in the NCAA tournament, so that doesn't help their case. Um... Honestly, the only reason I have the Big Ten here at five is because I, I couldn't find a single other conference with more than one player. And, and I started to think about it when, when I was constructing my list. Maybe this is where our list could differ. I, I really questioned maybe putting the Big East, who has Andre Drummond out of UConn, over the Big Ten. It was that bad. Yeah, for me, I thought about it too. Andre Drummond just struggles too much to at this point in his career to be put above... Anyone, you know, even this poor showing from the Big Ten. The one thing I will mention is Jalen Smith was a top 10 pick, top 15 pick. So he hopefully will produce for the Phoenix Suns, but, you know, that feels like another bad center pick by the Suns, mm -hmm. if I'm going to be very honest. They overreached for him. Uh, and I thought he was going to be a good player. I thought I expected him to go somewhere in the early to mid 20s. And then I think it. I think it was 10 or maybe 11 around there. It was and too hot. I think he got injured. I think he just got back out there. Not looking like a great pick, especially if they're expecting him to be DeAndre Ayton's backup center. I, I think in retrospect, they, they'd, they'd want that pick back. Yeah, I mean, Tyrese Halliburton would have been a nice addition. Yeah. But right. he was the number 10 overall pick. Speaking so of Tyrese Halliburton... Why don't we go on to Iowa State for Under the Spotlight? That feels like the perfect transition. Um, so, yeah, we decided to do Iowa State for Under the Spotlight. It might seem like an odd pick at first, but when you really dive in, not weird at all. Iowa State has really quietly crept onto the scene in these last few years. Now with, believe it or not, six players in the NBA. That's more than Oregon and UConn. 
So we've got Tyrese Halliburton, Taylor Horton Tucker, Monte Morris, Abdul Nader, George Niang, and Matt Thomas. What what, it, what jumped out at you when you first saw these players, Eli? I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I think the best player on this in this list is, I think probably you could argue now is Tyrese Halliburton. And I think he's probably the best player right now on this list. I think he definitely will become the best player on this. But the players that... I remember from watching Iowa State were Monte Morris and George Niang. And it's because that uh, Iowa State, it was a very good team when they were on the team. Obviously, they didn't really translate as well to the NBA, but, you know, I think those that that team had more around them as well. But, and Tyrese Halliburton did get hurt for most of last season. But Iowa State has not been a very good team over the last couple of years, and yet they still found a way to get some players into the NBA. Yeah. I, I think the first thing worth noting is that all these players have ent- entered the NBA in either 2016 or later. So that's all very recent. And I they haven't had great teams, but I, I still think it's a testament to how well Iowa State is doing as a basketball program, especially in recent years. They, they've definitely taken that jump. They're looked at as a legitimate basketball program, you know, not just a, a team in Iowa that plays basketball. I will say this year they were not, but but it was a disappointing. It was a disappointing season, but no, no, there were a lot of no, other. No. You are right, though, in the fact that th- this is a team that um, has a lot of potential. People are are excited to see what they did, mm-hmm. and you know, we have to remember who their coach was back when they were, you know, playing their best basketball. It was Fred Hoiberg. Hoiberg. So, you know, didn't work very, out in Chicago. No, it, it did not. But, you know, he was a very good coach from 2010 to 2015. And mm-hmm. then since his departure, Iowa State has had players drafted, but has not really produced the same results since. So, yeah. interesting to know. One thing I did notice, and, and I don't know if it's a coincidence, but all of these guys are on really good teams. Uh, I mean, look, look like... Um, Halliburton ta- aside? Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting there. Taylor Horton Tucker, um, Lakers, Monte Morris, Nuggets... <sighs> Nader, the Suns, Niang and Thomas, the Jazz, and with the exception of Halliburton, Sacramento. But but let's be honest, right? I mean, nobody can fix Sacramento. Um, but I mean, the, all these guys. I mean, none of them are stars. I I feel like that's the elephant in the room. None of these guys are stars. And, and maybe Halliburton can be. Maybe Horton Tucker. There's some potential in them. So none of them are stars. But but they do all play within their role very well. And, and most of them give you. Pretty good defense, length, and and they'll even hit like the open shot on offense. One thing I would say is I keep an eye on Halliburton and Horton Tucker, who I feel like headline these players. The rest of them are just pretty good role players, but these guys I feel like could amount to you know something better in in the NBA. So they're just twenty one and twenty respectively, and they're only getting better. They're not they're not crazy young. They're not like eighteen nineteen year olds, but but they're still pretty young, and. You know, I know people are talking about Halliburton being the front runner now that Lamelo's injured. I would still have—I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I'd still have Lamelo because when he was playing, he—he he, he proved that he was that much better than everyone else. I don't think you can just count him out because of the injury. But, but that doesn't distract from the fact that Halliburton's having a great year, and he is a front runner for Rookie of the Year. And I hate to see him on the Kings, which I didn't think was a great pick. It's a great pick where you get him the value you're getting that late. But as far as fit, I mean, they're kind of congested at guard. Um, they've got Fox 
and and healed who they can't seem to part with even though he seems like he, he's got one foot out the door i would have loved to see him in a place like detroit instead of killian hayes where, where you can see him with the ball in his hands like a majority of the time so we can see what he can really do same thing can be said with Taylor horton tucker you know it's no fault of his own but he's playing with lebron james and anthony davis uh, he's getting like 10 minutes a game uh, but he really could be like say he was on the magic like he could be a franchise cornerstone yeah, no, no, you're right. And, and it'll be interesting to see how what happens to them in the future. You know, maybe the Lakers flip Taylor Horton Tucker for another piece down the road or they keep him. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, for sure. But Iowa State's certainly one of the most interesting colleges we've talked about. But let's head to where'd he go, where we each give each other three players. Guess where they went to college. I think you lead by yeah, one I at the current I'm up moment. by one. And you're up by one. But I'm going to give you one that's going to get you. I mean, All if you right. had to guess the college, there's no way you'd get it. Where did Dwayne Dedman go to college? Actually, Dwayne. not where did he go to college because that's too hard. What state did he go to college in? Dwayne Dedman. Oh, man. Okay, he's that center who's like constantly waved and signing with new teams. Well, actually, um, no, no, sorry. I take it back. His first college is too hard. Okay. The second college is real. If you can get the second college or the state, I will. And it's the same state, by the way. Okay, same state. I, I forgot that he transferred. Same state. Okay. Um. He he definitely doesn't feel like a West Coast guy or like a Northeast Coast guy. He doesn't seem like that. So he's either South or kind of like in that what they they call it the breadbasket region. Um. Ah. Uh, I'm leaning toward, like, something's telling me Virginia or maybe, like, Georgia, somewhere around there. You could also guess a college. He went I, to a big-name college. Right, no, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Oh, man. Okay. If I have to say a state, it's one of those two. I'm going to boil it down. Ah, oh, college. Okay. I'm going to say... No, I have no idea. I'm going to say Virginia, and the college I'm picking, I have no idea. I'm just going to say Virginia Tech. Well, you said he couldn't be a West Coast kid. He went to a junior college called Antelope Valley College, which was a junior college, which is in Los Angeles County, before transferring to the University of Southern California. No way. Yes, he did. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, that's not my proudest moment. Jay, um, Dwayne Dedman was once a Trojan. He did get suspended indefinitely. Oh, huh. So, well, well, you got me there. Yep. Um, an, an interesting twist. Um, but uh, it, it, I think but he did play that season for USC and – you know, now he's in the NBA. So, oh, for one, you missed the USC player. Yeah. I knew I'd get you with someone that went to one of the schools you root for. Yep. All right. So my first guy, Solomon Hill, the guy, the the LeBron injurer. What team is he on right now? I believe he's on the Hawks. That makes sense. Yes, yes, he is. So Solomon Hill, I'm gonna go. Feels like a Northeast type of guy. I'll go with, you know what? I'll, 
I'll go back to Marquette. Okay, we're off on the regions today, both of us. He went to Arizona. I remember. Oh, wow. I remember Solomon. I knew Young. that actually. That that I I should have guessed that. One. He's a pretty good. I remember him from those Indiana Pacers days when they had the three hills on that team when they had George Hill, Jordan Hill, and Solomon Hill. What a great time. Fair enough. That's that is a very much a hill heavy lineup. Do you want to go? How about you go again? Yeah, I'll go again. Okay, my next guy, also recently traded. He's now a Pelican, I believe. James Johnson, where'd he go? James Johnson, where did he go? I'm gonna go with UNLV. Hey, that's, me a very... pretty, that's a pretty good guess. I could see that. He went to Wake Forest. Oof, that's tough. I'm having a very tough day. But that does make sense. So I'm over two. I'll give you a second one. There is one other player who came from this school. Okay. And, but in the NBA currently. Wow. But the, this is not that player. Okay. This player is Cameron Payne. Cameron Payne. Oh, okay. Wait, 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 wait. Now I remember this guy. This guy was that that Thunder bench warmer who was so excited. He was that hype guy on the bench, and he was drafted, I think, right after Devin Booker, if I remember correctly. I remember the Thunder. Like Kevin Durant talks about how he wanted him, but Cameron Payne. I feel like I know this. Huh. Cameron Payne. Why do I... I feel like I know this. I feel like I, I definitely... No. I'm thinking somewhere in Illinois, but that might just be because he played for the Bulls for a little bit. Gosh. Cameron Payne. I have absolutely no idea. I'm going to say, um, huh. Yeah, we're stumping each other today. You know what? I'm going to say, I'm going to say like Nebraska. I have no idea. Right, Regan, wrong state, yep. wrong school. He went to school in, in the state of Kentucky at the school called Murray State. Oh, okay. I was not going to get that. With John Morant being yep. the other player yep. to come out of there. I'll give you my third real quick. Let's try to make this quick. Javon Carter. <sighs> Javon Carter. Um, I couldn't even tell you where he plays right now. The Grizzlies. Plays maybe? in Phoenix. Okay. Phoenix. Okay. Javon Carter. Let's... I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Memphis. Something about Memphis. Not such a bad pick either, but he was the face of Press Virginia back when West Virginia used huh. to run the full court press. Okay. He was their point guard. Well, I think I just went 0 for 3, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. To tie the game. All right. My last guy. Oh, I'm debating between two. You know what? I'm going to give you this guy. Glenn Robinson the third, Previous dunk contest champion. Oh, come on. This one's too easy. This one's Michigan. Yep. Okay. Well, we're tied. <laughs> tied we are. I will take the lead next week. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you again next week.